you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to take a look at uh, verses 1 to 11 today, titled Message Choosing the Chase. We're in a series, just started it, called Wisdom Chasers through the book of Proverbs, and so much here to to glean uh, from this. You know, I I have been on several different kinds of chases in in my life. Um, You know, when when you're little, you play the game of tag, you know, and you're chasing after somebody, trying to tag them, but... So they, you know, that they haven't been tagged, and you're trying not to get tagged. So, you know, that's probably all of us have done that kind of chasing. If you haven't, I'm sure the youth can, you know, come up with a game of tag this week for you. Uh, but you know, when you get older, the chases become, you know, kind of more important, more difficult. You know, the effort it takes to go after stuff is a lot higher, um, and the the risks are, are more, but the rewards are more as well. So I was thinking about the chases I've been on. I, I've chased a school record in swimming. I chased a girl in, uh, on 1984 in, in, on spring break. Uh, I chased a college degree, a career as a software developer, and, a, and an accountant. And uh, that led to a chase for a CPA certificate. I've chased money. I've chased building my own house, a trip to Disney World, uh, successful children so I could have some pride. <laughs> you know, I've chased all of those things. You know, So some of those uh, required more effort than others, and some of them were successful. And a blessing like my spring break chase. Yeah. Some of them were unsuccessful. And a blessing like money. No matter what kind of chase that you find yourself on, it all started with a choice. A choice to go after it. Now, there's a lady named Pat Gallant Sherart. And she is a world record setting marathon swimmer. Uh, she has, uh, she is on a chase to swim what they call the Ocean's Seven, which is seven of the most difficult swims in open water in the world. And in 2017, she became the oldest woman to ever swim the 21 miles across the English Channel. So I wanted to show you a little bit about that particular swim. This is Pat Gallant Sherart. I think that's amazing. I don't know. <laughs> 21 mile, and I think she's done six of the seven swims. So she is she is something. She's been inducted into the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame, which I didn't even know there was such a thing. It's probably a good thing I didn't know that. She says she wants to keep setting records well into her 80s. Now, Pat's a full-time nurse. She's a, a grandma to two kids, and um, she goes to the YMCA six days a week, and she practices five to six hours a day. Uh, to pursue these records. Now, she made a choice years ago uh, to start swimming these swims um, to, to honor her deceased brothers, which she had written on her, on her arm there. And I was watching that, and I was thinking, I've watched several of her different swims, and I was thinking, what if, what would our, our lives be like as followers of Christ if we chased God's wisdom like she's chasing world records? What would it be like? 
You know, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 11 is going to help us to choose the chase uh, for, for God and His wisdom. So let's read that. Get started here this morning. <clears throat> so my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding... Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this word today, this this call to chase after wisdom. And I just pray as we, as we listen to these words, as we, uh, as we soak our hearts in, in, in this morning, that, um, that we could hear your voice and that we could hear your call and that we could surrender all to this chase for you and your wisdom. Uh, we're going to learn it's a matter of life and death. Lord, I pray that today because I, I have, I have put Effort into putting words uh, together for um, for you and for your people, and I feel that today that they're 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 going to fall short uh, w- without your Spirit taking them and speaking. And so I ask you to just take what I've done, Lord, and make it useful for your kingdom, for our lives. In, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So I mentioned last week that the book of Proverbs is not a book of promises, but a book of principles. But that doesn't mean you can't find promises in the wisdom. And today, in this chapter, we get a promise. So in verses 1 to 4, it describes the kind of chasing uh, that, that it takes to get wisdom. So it's our part in the process. It is, it is our part in the promise of God here. And so to choose this chase for wisdom, we've got to count the cost... Um, now, in these verses, there are eight different exercises that are described here when it comes to this chase. And they sort of sound like 101 level stuff, you know. This is where you start. And it is where you start, but there's nothing elementary about it. In fact, it's not very, very easy. See, if we're going to go on this chase for, for God's wisdom, if we're going to go on a chase for God and His wisdom, what we have to do is we have to understand what our greatest obstacle is. And that is ourselves. Our greatest obstacle is ourselves. See, the first nine chapters of the 31 chapters in the book of wisdom are there to convince us to run after God, to go after His wisdom. I mean, if this was easy, it'd be that last week, you know, in the first seven verses, this is the way to go, go get it. Here's all the wisdom. That's not what we got. We got nine chapters of convincing, of pleading, of calling us to forsake everything else to pursue God and His wisdom. So we need convincing, we need reminding, we need encouragement to keep going. We need to understand the, the warnings about the alternatives. All of those things. And that's what we're going to get. So this promise here is conditional. It starts in uh, verse 1 there with a little word, um, if. Now... <clears throat> A couple weeks ago, Pastor Shane told us that if was the devil's favorite word. And I believe that that was true. But that doesn't mean God can't use it. 
He's the one that invented it. So, um, if, if is the way this promise starts. So verse 1 says, if you do these things, these eight things, which really only will describe one thing. If you do these eight things, you will be able to count on the results. So the first one is uh, to receive my words. To listen, to accept, to believe, to take to heart my words. Now guess where we do that? Where do we do it? In, in here. In, in the Bible. And this is where we receive God's words. Now listen, I want to say that I re- repeat this a lot. In fact, it seems like maybe almost every week I'm like, read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. Um, but you know what? I want to just confess, reading is not easy for me. I mean, it, it is hard work. It, it is like, I have to read it, and my mind starts wandering, and then i got to come back and read it again, and even then my mind starts wandering, and i got to come back and, and read it again, and say, just listen to these words, keep going over it and over it, you know, hearing them. But, you know what, um, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive that I'm not alone in that experience, that reading is not easy uh, for us. But I got to tell you this morning, you cannot receive God's word unless you're reading God's word. You, you just can't do it. And and so we got to we got to hear them in our minds. And you know what for most of us, you know how you get better at reading? Read. <laughs> so we got to turn off the TV, put down our phones and train our minds to receive God's word. You know for the for the Christian trying to live their life without reading God's word, I mean, that is like trying to drive to Steinsville, Indiana from here without a map or a GPS. Does anybody know where Steinsville, Indiana is? <laughs> Only 200 people live there. I was hoping nobody, nobody knew how to, how to get there. <laughs> so for the Christian reading, trying to live this life uh, without reading God's Word is like trying to drive somewhere where you don't know where you're going. Um, coming on Sunday morning and the only time that you get Bible for the whole week is like trying to live the whole week on one meal. Alright, trying to do, try, for the Christian, for the believer, trying to do marriage, trying to do parenting, trying to do money, trying to do school, trying to do career, trying to do retirement, trying to do whatever it is without the Bible is like a blind person trying to cross Pendleton Pike at rush hour. I mean, I couldn't cross Pendleton Pike at rush hour. It, we, we just can't do it. We've got to receive God's words. We've got to get in our Bibles to go on this chase. And I would recommend a paper Bible. You know, with pages and stuff. <clears throat> Nothing against the digital stuff, but you know, it's just a click away to get to Twitter. So, okay. <clears throat> I speak from experience, people. Come on. <clears throat> That's the first one. Treasure up my commands is next. Treasure up my commands. So if you store them up, if you hide your, the, my commands with, within you. Alright, so that's the next one. So this goes beyond reading the Bible. Now we're talking about something else. We're talking about meditating on the Word. We're talking about memorizing the Word. And that's two exercises that um, they force us to slow down and to soak in a verse... You know, over and over and over in our minds, repeating it to ourselves. See, see, no 101 stuff here. This is not easy stuff. Wisdom habit number two. 
right? When you came in, there was three by five cards on your seats. I want you to take them home with you. They're blank. But I don't want them to stay blank. As you're practicing wisdom habit number one, which is where you're reading a a chapter of Proverbs every day that corresponds to the day on the calendar. So you're doing that every day. Today was Proverbs chapter 11. you still got plenty of day to read it if you haven't yet. Uh, But listen for God to speak to you when you be highlighting. And then pick a highlighted verse, write it on that card. Alright, and then you want to take that with you throughout the day, and you want to pull it out, and you want to look at it, and you want to read it again, you want to read it slow, you want to put your virtual reality goggles on, and you want to see your life living that verse, and just soak in it. That's treasuring up, that's storing up God's Word inside of us. It is how you follow Romans 12, verse 2, which says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His His perfect and pleasing will. Go for it. Do you want wisdom for your life? Do you want wisdom for politics? Do you want wisdom to know how to deal with your grumpy neighbor? Do you want wisdom uh, to know how to do finances or to, to do your life, to do your career, to do work, school? It's all in here. It's right here. We just got to treasure these commands up in our hearts. The next one, the next one is about your listening. Tune your ears to wisdom. Uh, to incline your ears to, to understanding, I think is what it says. So, this is something you can do every day if you want to. You can sit under the preaching of God's Word. Um, today, in our, in our day, we can do that. We, we don't just have to wait till Sunday to listen to me or Pastor Shane. You can find preachers out there to listen to. You can go to YouTube and you can find somebody that's preaching the Word of God and sit under their preaching. I encourage you to do that. Go to Moody Radio. You will find more good preaching on Moody Radio than you, can ha- than you have time to listen to. Uh, immerse yourself in it. Now, you do need some discernment when you go out there uh, to, to listen to other preachers. Um, you want them to be preaching the Bible. You don't want them to just be preaching what you want to hear. You, you want them to be preaching what you need to hear. You're not just tickling, you know, tickling your ears. You, you can always tell if somebody is preaching God's Word when it stirs you up toward love and good deeds, when the Spirit gets stirred within you, uh, when you get convicted about your sin, when it inspires you to live for Jesus, you're hearing, you're hearing a message from God through somebody. And that's a, a really good thing. See, there's two kinds of preaching. There's a kind that's for you to live your best life now, and then there's a kind for God to get you to look more like His Son. And you want the second kind. You want the latter kind. So, um, that was that. What was that? Uh, Listening. Uh, Tune tune your ears. Uh, Tune your ears to understanding. Then, incline your heart is the next exercise. So, if you would direct, if you would focus, if you would put your heart into this chase for understanding. So, this is something you just can't audit. You can't audit this class. You can't just go through the motions. You've got to go for it. You've got to put your heart into it. You know the difference between being fan and being follower. You know the difference? Um, okay, so the Colts had their first preseason game on, on Thursday night. If, you might be a fan if you knew that and watched a little bit of it or maybe missed it all together. You might be a follower if you watched all four quarters and have an opinion about what the referees did. You see, see, see the difference? You might be a fan of the Colts if... Uh, 
if you know when their first game is, and, um, and you might be a follower if you got the tickets and you know where your seats are and you got that whole day planned out. You, you might be a, a fan of the Colts if you know about Andrew Luck's injury. You, you might be a follower if you're worried about it. You might be a fan if you know the Colts' schedule. You might be a follower if you're adjusting yours to meet theirs. So I, I, I think you get the idea. A fan knows a little bit about it, cares a little bit about it. A follower knows a lot about it, cares a lot about it. Okay, that, that's the difference. For, for the fan of the Colts, the Colts are part of their life. For the follower, the Colts are their life. And it's the same when it comes to Jesus. If he is just a spoke on the wheel of your life, if he's just a part of your life, you're a fan of Jesus. But if he is the center of your life, if he's the center on that wheel, and he influences every other part, then you're a follower of his. You cannot go on this chase for God's wisdom if you don't put your heart into it. You will start the chase, but you will not finish. You will get sidetracked. Other things will creep in and take over because they're more important. And Jesus moves back out to the spoke. So where is your heart today? Where is your heart today? What might be weighing it down? What has got it wandering? What has made it cold? What has made it hard? What has made your heart hurt? What in condition is your heart in today? Is it clogged up with the cares of this world? Is it just out of shape because you've been a couch potato and not on this chase for God's wisdom? Incline your heart to understanding. Then in verse 3, the if gets repeated there. If you call out, Ask, shout, cry out for wisdom. The urgency now has increased here. It's increased for this particular exercise. You know, we hardly, we hardly ever raise our voice to ask for help. You know, I mean, we, we'll shout at the dog and, and the bad driver and we'll shout in celebration and we'll argue, but we won't ask for directions let alone shout for them. Uh, to go on this chase, we've got to be crying out in desperation for God's wisdom every day. You know, when that long-distance swimmer, Pat, when she went to the Y the very first time, uh, she wasn't sure she could make it down and back in the pool. And so what did she do? She went up to the lifeguard and she said, Hey, I need you to watch over me. I mean, she wasn't shy. She wasn't, you know, proud. She's like, I don't know if I can get down and back. Watch over me. That's how we need to be with the Lord. We've got to go to God every day at the beginning of the day and ask for His wisdom. Does your heart feel that kind of dependency and desperation for God to do your day? Does it want to know what He thinks and what He says on a subject before you hear from anyone else? Are you willing to ask for wisdom? And then finally, verse 4, it gives us the idea of the kind of effort that we need to put into this chase. So it says, search for it like silver, seek it like hidden treasure. So this is going into the, 
the hunger and desire we have. He's comparing it to the hunger and desire for wealth and the thrill of going after, after it on the, on the hunt to find it. You remember about the California gold rushes. Happened back in the middle of the 1800s for about four, four years. Um, people heard about um, James W. Marshall's discovery of some gold flakes in the dirt. In the, uh, and so this brought three, over 300,000 people to, to Northern California and to the Sierra Nevada, Nevada mountains. And so, you know, back in the, in the middle 1800s, there's no easy way to get to California. I mean, it, it, was, it was a dangerous trip. And so people that lived on the East Coast would charter a boat and they'd sail it all the way around the tip of South America and then all the way back up to get to the gold fields. And so it was a four or five month journey and many of them didn't make it. They died on the way, let alone the challenge of mining for gold in the mountains of California. Well, can you imagine, you know, your, your family here in Indiana and it's 1850 and pull out the Indianapolis Star. There's gold in them there hills. And you go, you know what, family? Let's pack it up. Let's risk it all. Let's just leave all this behind and go out there and try to strike it rich. That's what happened. That's what Solomon's talking about here. The kind of drive and hunger. Did you know that this kind of thing happens today? I mean, the very same thing is happening today. There is a man named Forrest Fenn. He is a millionaire. And he has filled up a chest full of gold coins and exotic jewelry. And he's hidden it in, in the Colorado Rocky Mountain Range somewhere. And he's written a book called The Thrill of the Chase. And it's got hints about where this chest is. And then there's this poem. And so he's like, you know, focus on the poem. Every line is important. If you would go and find the chest and you read that poem, you go, it, told, it would tell you exactly where to go. And so an estimated 300,000 people have gone on this search for hidden treasure that's, that's uh, said to be worth about $5 million now. Fenn says he gets a, about 100 emails a day of people desperate for more information. You know, let me know where it is. Four people have died trying to find this chest, this treasure chest. That's what we're talking about there. That is what we're reading here. That is the kind of drive and determination that we are called to have to chase after God and His, His wisdom, diving in to the deep end of the pool, uh, disciplining ourselves, reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, asking for more, putting all of our heart into it, seeking it like it's hidden treasure. And uh, all of that is to get to verse 5. What verse 5 describes, that begins with the word... Then. So if you do all these things, then this is going to happen. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So there's a cost to getting to the then of verse 5. I mean, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to sacrifice time, sleep, money, entertainment, stuff, family, friends. Uh, We'll sacrifice career, retirement, pride, pleasure, all of these things to go on the chase. So we got to count the cost. Would you give your life, would you put your life at risk for the then of verse 5? 
Like those people were sitting around the table and they said, let's go get the gold. You make that kind of choice. If we don't pay attention to the ifs of verses 1 to 4, we're never going to get to the then of verse 5. And trust me, you really want to get to the then. You really do. Now, you might be reasoning with yourself right now. You say, man, I'm really glad this is an Old Testament message. You know, I, I like the New Testament message of you know, the unconditional promise of love and grace you know, from God. Let me uh, point you to a stories that Jesus told his disciples. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46, he said there to them, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Is that not the same message? Nestled right there in red letters in the New Testament. See, we cannot have both. We will either cling to our life in this world so much and we'll lose it. Or we'll let go of our life. We'll surrender all to Jesus and we'll save it. We'll find it. That's what he told us. Seek first the kingdom of God and all this will be given to you. Count the cost. Count the cost. Figure out this morning. Figure out if something is holding on to you so tightly or you're holding on to something tightly that's keeping you from going on this chase. That's keeping you from saying yes to this chase. Figure out what that is. And if you can figure that out, you know exactly what God is saying. Surrender that to me. Open hands. Here it is, God. Take it from me, let me steward it, whatever, but here it is. Would you do that this morning? Would you do that? No, no easy 101. I mean, there is no easy surrender 101 class to take, is there? <laughs> not a bit. I mean, if we don't give it our everything, if, if we don't give it our all, it will not be anything but religious works and feel good stuff. It's so, so important. Now, verse 5, it launches us into the next idea for choosing the chase. Consider the counselor. <clears throat> so if you practice the ifs, then you find yourself not with the prize of wisdom in your life, but you find yourself with the presence of wisdom himself. The presence of wisdom himself. So we are not jumping into the deep end alone, like, like Pat. You know, she jumps into the water by herself and she has solitude for hours and hours. And that's not what we do. When we jump in to the chase, we jump in with God. He meets us right there. The Lord himself goes with us. All the resources of the Trinity are provided for us on this journey. The, the then of verse 5, it spells it out for us. If you give your life to this chase, you will understand the fear of the Lord. And so what that means is that's an attitude toward God. That is a, a knowledge that you know how to live a life of worship to the living God. You've got a relationship there. That's what that's talking about. There's a respect. There's an awe. So that what he says in this word is the most important thing in my life. It has authority over me. And some of it I, I would rather not do, but I do it because I love Him and I worship Him. 
So that's the fear of the Lord. He is, he is God. If you have the fear of the Lord, you know that he is God, but the demons know that. You know that he is your God. And you know how to walk under him. That's the beginning of wisdom. It says you will, under, you will also understand the knowledge of God. You will find the knowledge of God. Now that is not having God's knowledge, right? That is um, um, God, having God's knowledge. God's knowledge is, is higher than our ways. I mean, his ways are higher than our ways. That's what the Bible says. We're not going to catch up on that. I mean, I mean we, might get, we might get a little bit, but you know what? We're not going to get there. This is not about having God's knowledge. This is about having the knowledge that God is with you. The knowledge of God in your life. See, when you throw your life into his hands, when you, when you just say, God, here I am, the, the, you know, the real me, this is me, the, all my sins, all my failures, um, all my mistakes and messes, all my unfaithfulness and my apathy for this chase, this is me today. And I'm just... You throw your life into his hands. When you trust God with the real you, you know, that's when you find out how much he really loves you. Because you find out that in spite of the real you, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't punish you. He doesn't treat you as your sins deserve. He doesn't give up on you. You know, even if you've read one chapter of the 11 of Proverbs and you're sitting here today and say, ah, see, I did it again. I'm not practicing that. You know, that's the same old thing. He is not far away from you. He is right next to you. Jeremiah 12, 13 and 14. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. It's beautiful. Same promise. And listen to Isaiah 42, verse 3. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. And you're here this morning and your heart is weak. You know, God is not wanting to burden you. He's not wanting to squeeze you. He's not going to break you. He doesn't do that. If your candle, your light is just, is just barely flickering this morning, he's not going to snuff you out. He's not going to blow you out. He loves you. He says, come on, let's go. Let's do the day. Now, verse 6 comes along and says, The Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So you can't get God's wisdom without getting God first. <laughs> and once you get God the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God's presence in your life, then he begins to speak to you about your life. So this book, this Bible that we have, it becomes a, a, his voice, his megaphone to us. And if you're not in that, don't expect him to speak somewhere else. Not that he isn't, you just won't be able to hear it. We gotta get in that book. Second Timothy three sixteen says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. He speaks, he speaks his wisdom to us through his word. Verse seven says, God stores up wisdom for the upright. 
You know, you'll never have a problem in your life that God doesn't have the answer for. Never. (laughs) Being a a dad of five kids, um, I have been presented with various problems for their lives. Hey, Dad, I I got this problem. What should I do? By far, the most common answer that I give to them is, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with your car. I I don't know how to do that math problem. That looks like Spanish to me. I don't know how to pray. I don't know. But you know, when it comes to God, you're never going to say, I don't know. You know, with with only five kids in, in the simple life that we lead, we find the bottom of my wisdom well pretty quick, pretty often. But did you know God doesn't have a bottom to the wisdom well? He stores it up for you. It is stored up. He'll never say, I don't know. And he's got, he's got there waiting for you. He's just got to come and, and get it. Now, the rest of verses 7 and 8 speak about God's care and protection over us as we walk this path of life. It says, He is a shield to people of integrity. He guards the path of justice, watching over his saints. So this is huge for us on this chase. It is huge for us, because sometimes we're going to go to this book, and we're going to be reading along, and we're going to highlight a verse and go, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear today, and we're going to go out, and we're going to walk by faith, following the direction, we're going to find out we're getting it wrong. We got it wrong, but I can tell you that God's word is sure it will never fail, but we are the weak link in this chase. And so we can get it wrong. You know, as good a swimmer as Pat has become, when she jumps in the water, she's by herself, but she's always got a boat that's right there next to her that's got people on it that are making sure she's okay, making sure she's not getting hypothermia, giving her something to drink, giving her some food, keeping her on course. That's how it is when we walk when we're on this chase with God. God is watching over us. He is taking care of us. He's shielding us from danger. He's watching over our steps. And that brings comfort and it brings confidence that even if I get it wrong, He can make it right and good is actually going to come out of it. So, I call you to consider this counselor. He is with you. He is for you. He is watching over you. You know, the Bible says that God is love. It also says God is holy. God is merciful. God is justice. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is near. God is spirit. God is light. God is patient. God is the giver of all good. God is provider. Consider Him. Consider this counselor. He is perfect. He he is full of compassion. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is son. He is shield. He is worthy. He is. He is forgiving. He is a rock. He is a shepherd. A consuming fire. Creator. King of the universe. Mighty in battle. Protector. Healer. Gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is all of these things. And so much more. You know, the chase for wisdom is a pursuit of God with God and for God. 
That's the chase we're on. Is there anything holding you back today from saying yes to the chase? Now, if you're like me, when you read through these verses, when you hear what God does, you're a little hesitant to just cling to that. Because in verses 7 and 8, it names some people that God does this for. The wisdom, wisdom for the upright, a shield for people of integrity, uh, watches over his saints. And you hear those names of the kind of people there, and you can just look at the day you just lived and go, that isn't me. I'm not in that group. I never will be. And that's where Jesus comes in. He comes in you know, right there because it's through Him that we get added to the group. See, when we trust Him with our life, this great exchange happens in our life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 talks about it. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So we start this chase for God by saying yes to Jesus. We, we trust Him with our, our real self. We put our life in His hands. And when, that, when we do that, a, an exchange happens. An exchange happens for... Uh, we, we exchange our crookedness for His uprightness. We exchange our dishonesty for His integrity. We exchange our sinner identity for his saint identity. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, come on. That's incredible. I mean, he didn't just do that for me. He does it for you. We get added to the group because of faith in Christ. The Bible says, that's why the Bible says that in Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? Choose the chase and trust in Jesus. Now verse 9, verses 9 to 11, it adds another then. And it gives us more help here for the, for the choosing. Comprehend the consequences. So you say yes. You say yes to the pursuit. You say yes to Jesus. And, and then, down the road, in the future, you will understand righteousness and justice and fairness. You will understand every good path. You will have a wise heart and a knowledge that satisfies your soul and you'll, you'll be protected by your wisdom. So that's what happens. You choose to chase for God in your life. Down the road, that's the vision for your life. And this is where we can put on our virtual reality goggles. You know, and we can see in the rest of this chapter, uh, we can sort of picture the future for us. Because there are two roads that this chapter kind of describes. There's two roads. Um, one of them I, I'm, I'm naming Wisdom Way. It's called Wisdom Way. It's the road where the chase for God happens. Okay? And, and you know, it's a pretty straight road. It's got some ups and it's got some downs, but but it's a pretty good road. It's got some guardrails on it. They're beat up, but they're there on this road. People have, you know, gone this road before, bumped into the guardrails. But there's nobody stranded on this road. Everybody's gone on this road has gone, has been able to go all the way to 
the end. There's also no crosses on this road. Nobody died on the wisdom way. The other road, I'm naming Simple Street. It looks a little more fun than Wisdom Way. It's got some twists, it's got some turns, it's got some incredible views. But it's also got a really sharp drop-off along the road. And there's no guardrails. No guardrails on this road. Only skid marks where people have careened off of the side of the road and there's a cross marking their passing. So take a drive. Take a drive down Wisdom Way. Take a drive down Simple Street. See, on Simple Street, this is where bad stuff happens, evil things. And it's always foggy there. It's hard to see where you're going. And there's voices calling out to you, trying to get you to go this way and to go that way. People who have no regard for God, they don't care, they don't believe He's there or whatever, but they're just, you know, telling you this and that. It's always dark on Simple Street, too. A, a, a really black darkness. And your headlight, I mean, your headlights just barely cut through the dark. And you encounter these people and they're just all celebrating because of the dark. Somebody goes off the road and they cheer. You know, when you're on this road, whatever it is that tempts you most in your life is going to overtake you. And you'll find yourself careening off the side of the road to your demise. Now on the way of wisdom, the sun is always coming up. That's why we always say good morning at church. People uh, are there along this road and they're trying to coax you over to Simple Street. But you're able to drive on by them. There's joy on wisdom way from the good things that happen and from the hope of God's promises. Now, you've got your ups and your downs. Now, you're even going to bang into the guardrails. But you're never going to be stranded. You're going to make it. It's a lifelong journey, a joy ride all the way to the end. So that's what you can read in uh, verses 12 on down to 22. Comprehend the consequences of choosing this chase. Because uh, you know what? When you're finding out, it, it really is a matter of life and death. If you read Proverbs 1, 32 to 33, listen to this. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Which, which kind of future would you prefer? Safe and secure in the light and life or dark and dangerous headed for death. Why would anyone choose Simple Street? Let's have our worship team come back up. Well, hopefully I have given you enough to say yes to choosing this chase. You know, if you stack up all of the ifs of this passage against the thens. I mean, I think it's, it's not hard to see the choice you should make. So my, my question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes to the chase? Now maybe your first step is saying yes to Jesus. Just 
saying, Lord, here I am. I surrender all. This is the real me, my mistakes, my messes, my failures, all that stuff. You just trust Him with your life. He's paid the price for your forgiveness. It's through Him we have life with God. He goes with you on this chase. That's you. Take the step. Trust Him. Maybe your step today is to take Jesus from being a spoke on the wheel of your life and move Him back to the center of your life. You know, and that's going to take a surrender of some kind because something's moved Him out there. Whatever is in the middle is what you got to surrender. So if that's you, take the step. Surrender it to God. We do not do this alone. He's with us. He's calling us to follow Him. And so I want to close with some verses from Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. It says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. Say yes. Let's stand and worship. Let's pray. Father God, we just uh, in awe of your word today and uh, the calling that it places on us uh, and gives our heart a choice uh, today. Um, so we just want to pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would would move us, move us to the right way. Uh, whatever condition our heart may be in today, uh, Lord, you know it. We confess it. Breathe on us. Bring us to life. We pray for those that just need to trust Christ with their lives, to believe that He is the Son of the living God and has died for their sins. Pray for those uh, that are Trying to figure that out, Lord. Ask that you give them the faith to be able to take that step. And pray for those that need a surrender today, a fresh surrender. Where Jesus has moved out from center. Lord, whatever it is that's there, we, we lay it before you. Say, Jesus, I surrender all trust you for what the next step is. Thank you that this road that we are on, this chase that we go on is not something that we have to do in our own strength, by our own knowledge and wisdom, by our gifts and talents. You are with us. You even carry us on the road. You are our lighthouse. You will get us safe to shore. So we praise you today, Lord. For being the awesome God that you are. Thank you for Jesus who brings us life. Send us out on the chase today. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen.